Together in this space, we're going to uh, turn our attention to God's Word. We're going to uh, look to, to 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me there. Uh, if you don't, the words will be on the screen as we follow uh, together uh, how Paul was uh, teaching Timothy uh, as uh, a young leader of the church. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 6 and following. Hear the word of the Lord. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, and so we together give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, what a gift it is to hear from you to hear from your word, and to know that you speak to us. Lord, lead us, teach us, admonish us, help us to grow in our faith as we reflect together on your word. Lord, thank you for your teaching. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our midst. Be with us as we gather around this, your word, Open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear. Open our minds that we come to know and understand your word, our hearts that we would feel its power. Then open our hands that we would, in response, offer your grace and your love to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So whenever I was... uh, in seminary, uh, working on my master's degree at Emory University, Candler School of Theology, I, I remember the first week of school. I had gone to the bookstore, and I looked at the, 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 the book list for my classes, and the stack in my shopping cart was literally that high. And, and, and so I was like, all right, well, I got to have something for my bookshelf when I have an office someday. I'll buy all the books. And so I, so I bought all of the books, and I, I, I went to that first week of class, and I was overwhelmed whenever I got all of uh, the class syllabuses, syllabi, 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 there we go, and I noticed how they actually expected us to read all that they gave us. And, and, and I calculated it out, it was an expectation of... Uh, just under 300 pages a day. I have a confession to make. I did not read all of the assigned readings in the seminary. But, but here's what I did. I went to every class. I went to every class and I sat in class and here's like, you know, for, for some of you uh, college students, here's, here's like a, a, a tool uh, uh, kind of cheat code from uh, Pastor Jason. You ready? I went to every class. Uh, I sat in a, a, a solid position, maybe not front row, but kind of like, 
uh, close enough to be sure I could build a rapport with the professor. I tried to build a relationship with the professor whenever I could. And I listened in class for key points related to the books that they assigned. Because I found that a professor might like require this many books to read, but they actually only really wanted you to know this much. And so I would listen and be like, oh, this professor really likes this book, and this is the key concept that they want us to draw out of this book. So I would go to that book, and I would read that book, and I would like pay attention to that key concept. So then uh, whenever I got to the test, it would, be, uh, it, it would be an aiming of my time and energy and be helpful. We feel like that all too often whenever we approach Scripture. It's so much to read, and, and, and we might feel like it's a daunting task. We might feel like, where do I start? Uh, what if I don't understand uh, uh, the cultural context that, that, that was there? What if I don't get the geography? What if, what, what if uh, I, I don't grasp the stories and how they're connected? If I get to the, the names, do I have to be able to pronounce them? Uh, or, or this, this like law thing in the Old Testament and this uh, God's justice thing in the Old Testament and then how that relates to God's justice and mercy in the New Testament. I don't, I don't know where to start. I love when some of the writers of Scripture do what Paul did for us today. What Paul did for us today is he, he said, hey, I've said a lot. And in fact, right now I'm saying a lot. I'll probably say a lot more. But pay attention. He almost literally said, pay attention to this. Did you hear that in verse 9? In verse 9, he literally says, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Like, I say a whole bunch, but pay attention to that right there. If you could get this, then, then other things will, will fall into place. So maybe we should pay attention, right? That's what Paul is instructing us to do. So what comes before it is the this that he's talking about. It's in verse 8, uh, and it, it says, physical training is of some value. And here's the key, the, the, the phrase that Paul has to have us grasp. Are you ready? Godliness has value for all things. Godliness has value for all things. He continues on holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So, so, so what, what, what I just said matters today. It matters tomorrow. It matters the day after that. But it not only matters in your day-to-day -day life today, it also matters for eternity. And then he says, pay attention to what I just said. Godliness has value for all things. Now, I, th I think that there's a, a grand beauty to that word all. Because it helps us understand that God actually cares about all of you. Not, all of you, not just all of you individually, but also all of your life 
every little bit. There are so many times in life where we might be tempted to think that the challenges we're facing or the situations we find ourselves in are so uh, minuscule. Why would God care about that? Does God have something to say about that? Is there a way in which God could inform this part of my life? And the answer is yes. Paul doesn't say godliness has value in some things, in some situations, in in some critical moments. No, he says godliness has value in all things. And so what would it be for us to approach our lives like that? To know that God cares about our sleep. God cares about our family relationships. God cares about our work. Some of us have trouble caring about our work, but God cares about our work. God cares. And so when you face a challenge, when you face an everyday moment that seems so common, let's know that God values that and cares and lean in to that relationship. There was a a tool that we used, uh, I don't know, a decade and a half ago uh, that that was kind of a cultural phenomenon that that might get at some of what this can look like, this all things peace. You remember when we wore bracelets that said WWJD? Maybe that was more than a decade and a half ago. That That was a while ago, right? What would Jesus do? And I think that the idea, the concept, really connects with this godliness has value in all things. You see, we would have those bracelets on, and whenever we ran into a run-of-the-mill moment of the day or a more extraordinary moment of the day, we could look at that bracelet and realize that's a, that's a good question. What, what does Jesus have to say about this? How would my life look if I was reflecting him in this moment, in this situation. Godliness has value in all things. And so, uh, in verse 7, we can take quite seriously this admonition from Paul where he says, train yourselves to be godly. That, that, That there is physical training and we understand what that looks like. We have some concept of physical training. Uh, but, but Paul here is, is saying, yes, physical training, some value. Godliness, all value. Uh, and so train yourselves to be godly. Who here likes physical training? If you raise your hand, you're a lie. All right, no, I know some of you really enjoy it. That's good, like, like the, the kind of adrenaline and the, the sweat and all of that. I am horrible at like physical training, going to the gym kind of stuff. My physical training that I like is playing basketball. Some of you know that about me, and here's the reason why. I need to compete and I need to have a goal, which is winning. Okay, and so uh, I need to have that drive. So if I was ever going to succeed at an alternative style of physical training than basketball, I would probably need to have some sort of like camp gladiator style, like uh, how can I beat everybody else that is here with me sort of a thing. Um, And that's okay, but there are some lessons we have in physical training 
that we could carry over into training for godliness, and I want to walk through some of those. The, the first is success in physical training requires consistency. Success in physical training requires consistency. How hard is it whenever, whenever you get sick uh, for a period of time and then you try to go back to physical training? Uh, I, I was sick before Christmas and then we had Christmas vacation. I had not played basketball in a month. I went and played basketball last Sunday night for the first time in literally a month and I was horrible and I was so stinking sore. Every part of my body hurt because consistency is key. So often in physical training, uh, you'll hear that that the the best kind of physical training is the one that you'll actually do and continue doing. So some of us have these like New Year's resolutions and we're like, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning every day, even though I'm a night owl and I hate mornings. And so you do it for like three, four, five days. And then what's today, January the 9th? How's that going for you? Right? That thing is gone. My, my daughter goes to the gym and she said, the gym is so crowded, it's packed. And I'm like, just wait, just wait till January 15th, it'll be empty again. Consistency is key. The thing that you'll do, that you'll continue to do, is key. And it's the same for us when it comes to training for godliness. What are those, the, those things that we could do that we can make consistent, that we, could, uh, that, that we could repeat over and over again so that it, it forms us and shapes us and we can grow. Consistency is key. I also believe that accountability is key in physical training. Some, some of the most consistent times uh, in any of our lives when it comes to physical training are those times when we're doing it with someone else. When, whenever we know that I have a friend and we're going together to go do this or I'm gonna meet my friend there because guess what happens whenever you have that accountability? If you don't show, someone calls. That's why I loved uh, my, my college class in weight training. It was the, the, the only time I think in my life where I consistently lifted weights. And you know why? Because on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we had to show up and we got a grade on weight training. There was accountability to it. What would it be for us to have accountability in our godliness training? For us to encourage one another, for us to say, I'm going to meet you there. You know what? This, this is one of, those, one of those rare times you're going to hear me say this. I think that you should all sit in the same spot at church on Sundays. <gasps> Did you? Yes. I think that if you sit in the same spot, you're going to tend to get to know one another around you. And when you don't show up, then you give the person that normally sits next to you permission to text you. And say, where are you at? Are you all right? Can I be praying for you? Accountability is key. And whenever we don't have that accountability and we're left to our own devices, slipping away becomes all too simple. How many things do we train for on our own 
that, is, that, that we find so difficult to maintain. And yet, if we have someone alongside of us, it helps tremendously. Accountability, consistency, and yes, coaching. Physical training is better whenever you have a coach, someone to guide you, someone to lead you. Particularly, think about the early days when you're learning how to do it. If no one ever taught you or taught you right, then of course it's going to really stink. Have you ever walked in a gym and you've seen all of these machines and you're like, I don't know what to do with that. And you literally just find yourself going over to the dumbbell rack because you know how to do this. Okay, I could do that, but these machines seem so complex and I don't know what's going on. But if you have a coach, if you have someone that can give you some simple instructions, some steps to take, a plan, leg day, arm day, ab day. You, you could figure out how to do this on a repetitive basis if you have some coaching. All of these things can be, uh, can be reflected in the way we train ourselves in godliness. What is godliness? Godliness it is, is knowing God so well, to be so connected to who God is that uh, there is both uh, submission and reflection, that, that our lives are submitted to who God is and, and our lives reflect who God is in the world. That's godliness. It's becoming more and more like God because we know God that well. And all too often, we find ourselves disconnected from God because we're not consistent in our training to know God. What are some tools we have to get to know God better? And how can we commit ourselves to those things in order to train ourselves in godliness because this has value in all things? I'm going to give you a few very specific, and I want you to consider what it looks like to take the next step. In physical training, it might look like, hey, I'm not going to go from zero to marathon like that, but I can train myself over a course of time to take a next step towards running a marathon. Are you all with me? I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't increase my bench press unless I start somewhere. But if I start somewhere, I could add plates over the course of time until my bench press gets where I want it to be. Are you all with me? The same with training for godliness. So here are some tools. How do we get to know God in situations where we have accountability, where we have coaching, where we have consistency? The first is what you're doing today, worship. Worship. I, I think fully mature worship looks like a life of worship where, where everything you do is, is so clearly to God's glory that your life is worship. But, but we, we practice and we celebrate together on Sundays. And so think about where you are, where you are in the regularity of your, of your worship and take the next step. Maybe you're in worship every Sunday, but if you were to take the next step, maybe you could begin worshiping in your car on your commute. And how beautiful would that be? 
Or, or maybe you could incorporate worship into part of your daily devotion. Or maybe you're someone, this is your, your first time in worship in like a year or two years. To God be the glory. What is taking the next step look like? How can you incorporate regular worship into your life's discipline so that that consistency can help you get to know God? That's one tool we have, worship, a way we get to know God. Another one we have is, is, is scripture reading, diving into God's word. And, and, and there are some, some daunting uh, realities to that that I talked about earlier, but each of you can take a step forward in your scripture reading. All of us can take a step forward in knowing God through his word, through his scriptures. Maybe you could do that by... Uh, by reading one chapter of a gospel a day. Now, if, if you're a morning person, do that in the morning. If you're a night owl, do that at night. If neither of those work for you because life's so hectic, do it on your lunch break. But if each of us take a step forward, maybe you've read the whole Bible before, and, and now you're ready for the next step, and the next step looks like just reflecting on one verse. One verse each day and letting that verse speak over you. Or maybe the next step looks like memorization and, and, and learning to memorize scripture so that it, it just it helps you know God intentionally and intensely. What does it look like for you to take the next step in your Bible reading? If you're starting from scratch, just turn to the Gospel of Luke and begin reading one chapter a day until you hear the story of who God is in his son, Jesus Christ, and how much he loves you. That's another tool we have, scripture reading, God's very word for us. We also have prayer. Prayer is the opportunity for us to meet with God. Did, did, did you know that God, the God of all creation, the God of heaven and earth, loves you so much that he is ready to meet with you in prayer? He's ever more eager to hear our prayers than we are to pray. And so what would taking the next step in prayer look like for you? Maybe you don't have uh, a daily discipline of prayer. Let me recommend you incorporating, incorporating it into something that you already do every single day. I hope you all shower every day, at least once. When you do, pray. Let that be a time of prayer where you can meet with the Lord, where you could hear him, you could lay your heart before him. He cares for you. If you already have a rhythm of prayer built into your life, think about how you could take a step forward there. Maybe you could incorporate specific intercession into the way that you pray. Like, like, or you could invite others to share with you the prayer request of their hearts so that you could join with them in prayer. Wherever you are in prayer, take the next step. You see, this is what training looks like. Training ourselves in godliness requires consistency, accountability, coaching, a willingness to know God and pursue knowing God so that our lives are full and rich as a reflection of who God is in the world. And Paul is clear about this. Some of you might be thinking, Jason, that sounds like work. And it is. 
Paul, Paul doesn't mince words about that. At the very end of what we read, in verse 10, uh, Paul says, that is why we labor and strive. We labor, we work, and we strive. We, we struggle to get to know God because knowing God has value in all things. Because godliness has value in all things. And so I invite you to step forward and put in that effort. Because if we all were to put in that effort together, our godliness would matter to those around us, not just ourselves. You see, last week we, we were taught that God has a mission for us. Our mission is to bear fruit that would last and to carry his power in the world. This mission is accomplished through our training in godliness. We cannot expect to bear fruit if we aren't willing to put in the work to train in godliness. Take the next step. Take the next step in worship. Take the next step in prayer. Take the next step in your reading of Scripture so that you will know God and your life will be a reflection of His love for the world around you. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, what... What a gift it is to strive and to struggle, to labor in the pursuit of you. Lord, we, we don't shy away from this task or dismiss it, Lord, but instead we lean fully in this day, committing ourselves, committing ourselves to, to pursuing you, to knowing you so that uh, the world would be different because of it. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for, for the, the ways in which we can take other evidences of training that we've experienced, academic training, physical training, and we could take that wisdom and apply it to our training in godliness. Lord, help us to be consistent. Give us accountable relationships. Bless us with mentors who could coach us up in the life of faith. Help us to be godly. Lord, as we enter into this uh, time of offering and as we continue in worship, Lord, I pray your blessing upon this offering. I pray your blessing upon these gifts that they would have a transforming effect in this community and the world. Lord, I pray for each of these servants that give this day. We ask that you would use us Use us for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.